Welcome to the Moms for Wellness podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV. This is a podcast for moms who are passionate about being healthy and leading their kids to do the same. Mamas, welcome back to the podcast. So this is a podcast for moms who want to be healthy for themselves and their families. So what about being healthy in your pregnancy? and in the birth process. So doctors are definitely trained one way, but if you are wanting more natural options, you are going to need to insist on them and insist hard. And it can be hard to know what to do when you don't even know what those options are, let alone the benefits of them. And it's important also to know when you're dealing with help from the doctors versus just how they were trained. And then what about a C-section? Throw that in there. What's the big deal about that? Well, we are going to talk about all of these things today and here to help us better understand natural birth options that are available to us to use is Sarah Greer. Sarah is a certified yoga instructor with pre and postnatal certification. She is also a certified nutrition coach and has her own personal experience with natural birth options and a C-section. Sarah is going to share from her professional and personal experience to shed light on this complex topic. So if you are pregnant or you are one who is looking to become pregnant, you are going to want to listen in on this conversation. So please help me welcome our guest and my sister-in-law, Sarah Greer. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us on our series because we talked about pregnancy last time in the last episode with you. And now we're going to discuss birth and then go into motherhood as well. So welcome and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really enjoying this. So yeah, and I'm super happy to be able to share um, all the research I've done. So. <laughs> Yay. That's awesome. Well, I love it because we are all going to be able to benefit from it. And I'm just really looking forward to our conversation tonight because you have a very natural background and I have been learning more and more over the years. And I know you are continuing to learn as well. So this conversation will be very beneficial to every mom, no matter where she finds herself on that spectrum of natural life. And I put that in quotes. Um, um, if you will. And I know for you, you had very specific expectations when it came to the birth process and what you just assumed would happen. And I think that happens to a lot of us. Um, mm -hmm. And how those plans changed when you had to have a C-section. So we are going to cover it all. We'll talk about the natural birth options I put that in quotes as far as like natural meaning like decisions to make along the way in a birth process and why they are important and we'll talk about how to incorporate them even into a c-section so let's start with a natural birth and when I say that I think many things come you know are conjured up in our minds you know and what we're going to talk about are like natural options so as a pregnant woman you have a lot of decisions to make along the way including the birth process and we just we have a standard process here in the US that has evolved over time but when you are a mom who is about to give birth 
many times you just don't realize, you don't really know what the process is, right? And what decisions you can make along the way and what control you really do have over those decisions. So I think it's just really important to talk about all of this so that our listeners can be as educated as possible to make the best decisions that you can for you and for your baby. So let's talk about some of those decisions that moms are faced with in the birth process. Yeah, well, first off, I just want to clarify that um, when we're talking about a natural birth, we're talking about an unmedicated birth because all birth is natural. So no matter how baby comes into the world, it is 100% natural. So that can kind of sometimes get askewed. And I've talked to a lot of women about it where sometimes they're like, well, what do you mean natural? I thought like having the baby was natural. So (laughs) just to clarify, um, we're talking about like an unmedicated um, birth, if that's what you're looking for. So there are many different types of forms. And just to really quickly touch on them, because we don't have time to cover every single one in depth. Um, You can have an unmedicated birth in a hospital. You can have an unmedicated birth in a birthing center. And you can also have an unmedicated birth at home with a midwife. So there are multiple options that you can have. And unmedicated meaning that you don't typically get an epidural. So you don't want anything that's kind of like prohibiting your body or you don't get induced, which means you don't introduce Pitocin or one of the other um, drugs that they typically use. Pitocin is one of the most widely Mm -hmm. used. That's why I mentioned that one. Um, So some of the reasons why you might want to choose a natural birth is that natural birth is extremely beneficial for both mom and baby. So that was going into it. One of the reasons I wanted it was because, um, you know, for baby, I'm just going to touch on a couple topics here of like some of the things and not go really in depth of why they are. And then I'll just cover a couple that are really good for mom. But, you know, we see that um, it improves baby's heart rate. The respiratory um, health of the baby is better if they come through the birth canal. Um, They have um, increased protective bacteria which I know sounds kind of odd to a lot of people, but it's actually really, really good for the baby. They also end up having um, improved gut health, which lately has been a little bit more of a topic talking about. We're also seeing that because of that good bacteria, babies that are born naturally or unmedicated typically from the mom, um, where the whole birthing process is very, very holistic or natural, if you want to call it, um, also have, they have better chances with having... um, less diabetes, they have less chances of having obesity, they have less chances, like a lot of those things. When it comes to sicknesses, heart disease, like a lot of different things because their body regulates correctly. Um, There's a lot of study done on like the pressure of the baby's head that actually helps the baby form a certain way while they're coming out and how beneficial that pressure actually is for their brain development. Um, babies that are born through vaginally, which we'll talk just talk about it, um, you know, and that are natural, typically also um, are found to have better brain development. So they supposedly are smarter, according to studies and things, versus those that are born with cesarean. So that is one of the reasons that we, for babies, it's really, really beneficial. Um, For mom, it also really reduces the risks of complications because we're letting our body do it. And let's admit it, we were made to give birth. Like that's the reason that we have a womb, right? So our body knows how to do it and it knows what it needs to do better than anyone else. And even if it's longer than you think it should be, or the doctor thinks it should be, you know, but the truth is that, um, 
when we when we limit the interventions, we actually have a much better birthing process. So the recovery is actually better because of course, mm-hmm. if our body knows how to do it, it knows how to recover from it much better. So we we're seeing that that's a, that's a huge thing. Also, typically women that go into it with more of a natural mindset and don't have a lot of these other interventions, they have shorter birth periods. So, and that usually can kind of speed up. So, and I can not speak for myself, but like my mom. So, you know, I'm one of 10 children. So um, my mom gave birth all naturally to 10 children. And um, let's see, nine out of that 10 were all born at home. So she went really, really the natural route. And the more children she had, the easier and the quicker the births got to where her birthing process was sometimes, like I told you, I mean, we're talking like from labor, from the time her water broke, her baby come in like seven minutes. I mean, we're not joking. Sounds like a dream. (laughs) I mean, it is. So another beneficial for the mom is that um, a benefit that really helps is breastfeeding because we allow our bodies to do it without intervention, breastfeeding actually comes more naturally and your milk comes in easier. Like uh, it doesn't prohibit any of those connections Mm -hmm. between mom and baby, we can say. So Mm -hmm. those are just to cover a couple of the topics of why natural birth is so important. Um, So, you know, obviously going into, here's a little bit more of my story, going into birth, I really wanted to have obviously as natural birth as possible no interventions. I was planning on having um, my baby in a um, birthing faci- like facility. So, um, and then upon getting you know pregnant and kind of moving through the whole process, probably about three months in, I decided to really do a home birth. And um, so I transitioned my midwife and everything, and I actually had two. And so, I mean, midwifery is an amazing art for people to do. Um, to help women actually give birth to that baby. Um, both of mine, because I had two, they both had doctorates. One had a doctorate in nursing, one had a doctorate in um, homeopathy and naturopathy. So she was extremely trained and they were phenomenal through the whole process because again, they kind of walk you through and they do a lot of the standard things that we need, all the same testing that you would get at the hospital or your OB checkup and all of those same things. But it's done from a different standpoint of, okay, we're going to explain to you why you need this mm. rather than the fact that you should fear this. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's me, a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I felt like um, when I went through, originally it was my OB at week five when I found out I was pregnant. And then I went to, you know, a birthing facility and with their midwives, but there was still so much of this like angst feeling of like pressure and like, you know, every single time I went for a checkup, it was like, was the baby okay? Like they were like, I almost felt like they were looking for something to be wrong. And that gave me a lot of anxiety. And I, as you know, don't like anxiety. So many people that do, but yes. No, but especially as a pregnant mom, like if that's the feeling Mm -hmm. that you're getting and, and I think that's very accurate just overall in medicine, just going into the doctor's office. It is, it's like, okay, check the boxes looking for this. Okay. Nope. Okay. Good. Or mm, this, you know, I don't know that as opposed to this is a natural process that's come around you and walk you through this. Well, one reason that I can encourage women, like every woman needs to choose what they're most comfortable with for one for birth and it is our choice so it's definitely our choices to not only how we want to birth but also who we want to birth with and who we want there when we're birthing (laughs) so all of that is completely our choice and I think not enough women know that up front for one but for two the reason that I chose what I did was because 
um, in Western, like, you know, medicine, when we look at the way the whole process is kind of done, they sort of um, come at it as if they're trying to find sort of an issue mm. to make sure that they're like, everything's fine. And they don't take you as an individual. So mm. that's kind of the big issue is because there are these set standards, and I understand why they're there. Yeah. But just because sometimes you may not hit that specific standard doesn't mean that you're not okay, or that the baby's not okay. Whereas if you go to a midwife, they don't really set you up on that kind of a standard. They really get to know your body and you and understand, like, for instance, I'll use an example. Mm -hmm. um, my heart rate is always kind of high because I'm sort of a hyperactive person. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always had a higher heart rate, like literally after 9-11, I couldn't give blood because like that was a problem. Um, you know, so every time I've gone to the doctor, I have to kind of inform them I don't have high blood pressure because I don't. That's just very much me. So they got to know that. They also knew what they could help me to kind of relax. So when you go to a standard, say, care or OB or even uh, the birthing center, they would take my blood pressure the minute I walked through the door. Well, I like to exercise and I exercise yeah. to my pregnancy, like I mentioned. So I always took the stairs. Well, so what happened? Your heart, my heart's like, right. you know, because I'm taking the stairs, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so we're carrying more weight on us. So the, my midwives, instead of doing that right away, because they knew that I was again coming up flights of stairs, mm -hmm. they would wait about a half hour into our whole process and they would check other things, maybe talk and get me more relaxed. And then they would take my heart rate and I was always fine. Whereas when I went to the other people, it was definitely a problem. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. a, such a, a good point right there, just for moms to realize that you have a say in this and to, I think a lot of this, all of this in many conversations, no matter what the conversation is, is that you are in charge of your health and you know your body best. And yes, you know, with, with their expertise, but to to be aware of that and be aware of those factors and those things. And like maybe it's an extra hot day outside. Maybe, you know, you just heard some whatever news before you walked in, like all those things add up. So I love the fact of you being very aware of who you are and how your body works. And I think that's a key point right there because I think many times we as women don't right. know that. And so um, so just encourage everyone to just start start paying attention to things and really start, okay, yes, this is me, I own this, and then, and then be able to see what is different in your pregnancy and how that relates to your pregnancy. Yeah, and just touching a little bit on like we talked about last week, um, you know, that's one of the reasons it's so important to kind of go into the pre- pregnancy phase to knowing who you are, knowing what you're eating, knowing a lot of those things, because that's the reason for me, I was very secure in knowing my body. So I knew in something like they would, would were very, you know, concerned, oh, your heart rate's super high. And I was like, no, like, it's kind of always been like that. <laughs> like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and so then I, I had to ask them, can we take it like a second time later on, rather than you putting that on my chart and putting me at like the high risk status, which right really quickly i'll touch on that again like high risk status is pretty much for anyone that's over 35 even if you have no risks so <laughs> i was over 35 um with my first pregnancy and i had no risks um but just because of my age they automatically put you in that bracket just because of that so even if you are going into it very healthy again i had to know within myself that this is not like I don't know, identify as high risk. And that's not to say that we shouldn't be aware of what that means and why sure. we want to make sure that Absolutely. we're not. But if you know you're you, again, I knew that I didn't have high blood pressure. I didn't go into 
this with having any medications. I didn't go into pregnancy with having diabetes. I didn't have any sicknesses or diseases. So I knew my body and very much like, okay, so even though they're considering me high risk, you know, um, it's definitely not something, you know, that, that reflected on me. It was just because again, they kind of take you as being like part of this whole status quo bracket rather than it being the individual, which is where I really appreciated my midwives because they knew through getting to know them, my lifestyle, um, typically your midwife, if they're going to birth with you at home or a birthing center, they will get to know you really well. And I'm just going to reiterate your doctor, your midwife, or anyone that should be helping you birth this baby to be there to like be that medical professional, you have to be so comfortable with them. One of the reasons I changed was because the lady that I had at the birthing center, I was not comfortable with. Every time she would check me, every, like I didn't feel physically comfortable with her. Yeah. And I had to really come to grips with that because I felt like, well, I'm being judgmental. And like, I kept, you know, trying to talk myself into being okay with it. And I think as women, we really need to make it okay with the fact that if you're not comfortable with that person, like to be seen the most vulnerable time in your life when you're really not going to be mentally there, like you have to trust this person completely. Um, because I think birthing is, it takes all of your energy and your focus on what's going on in your body. Right. 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 So like you have to trust the other person completely, almost like you would your mom or your friend or whoever it is that you trust Mm -hmm. like the most. Um, And so for me, I really sought out like the two women I had, they were older. They'd been doing this for about 40 years combined. It was like almost 80 years of experience, which was crazy. And they had been doulas and they worked in, you know, the NICU and they like, they had so much experience with every single thing that when I spoke with them, I just felt so much peace, so, so much at ease. And we aligned so much better than I had with the other ladies. So and I think that's something also to keep in mind relating to all different possible, not all different possible scenarios, but like even in your practice where you are with your doctors, mm-hmm. making sure that you do meet all the doctors throughout mm-hmm. all of your visits to know um, who might be there when, because you don't always right. have control of that depending on your practice, but that also might depend on what practice you want to choose as well. Exactly. That might be a smaller practice or, you know, depending on, on how much choice you have there, but those are all decision points that you can make a along the way that can have an effect on your birth process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, again, I just think a lot of this, if I can encourage any women out there to just be your own best advocate. And Mm -hmm. there is a lot of knowledge out there that I don't even have time in this one episode to cover when it comes to choosing birthing options, because there are so many. And really, whatever you feel is most comfortable for you, if you're going to be most comfortable with having that doctor in 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 the hospital where, you know, like you are completely covered with everyone, that's completely fine. And that's mm-hmm. what you choose. You know, I've known Absolutely. many women that had a natural birth, meaning unmedicated in a hospital where they kind of like took over the whole room, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to just also quickly say that if you do choose a hospital setting, just know that you can actually choose to eat that you can choose like his birth can take long <laughs> it can be something like a long time and you need energy so you can choose to eat that's a choice a lot of doctors will tell you don't eat but right sometimes have to and you so bring snacks bring water I know one of the ladies I know she brought incense and candles and like they you know just completely took over the whole room and made it like exactly the atmosphere she wanted because you're the one birthing 
(laughs) No one else should be able to tell you like, hey, you have to do this in the most stressful experience with all the lights on where you feel completely exposed and like it doesn't have to be that experience. We just have to know that we can choose what experience we're looking for. I love that. I think that is so powerful because especially as a first time mom, you have no idea what you're in for and what what the expectations are there because you haven't been there before. You haven't been in the hospital that is the most common place to be. So I love that what you just said. Are there any other things? um, We just have a couple more minutes left. I'm just talking about um, the, you know, not having the C-section, just having that the, you know, natural birth process. Are there any other things that you wanted to touch on of other decisions that moms can make in that process really quickly i mean you can choose to labor if you have at home you can choose a bed you can choose a bathtub like if you have also it in a birthing center they typically have those options available as well Um, i was choosing a water birth so i actually had like a whole pool thing that like was going to be set up and again you can kind of make that what you want of it so for me it was choosing certain music it was choosing certain people i wanted there and certain people i know i didn't want there you know um and not telling them that you don't want them but also just letting them know that like hey you know like mm-hmm. this time i only you know want like this person to come that type of thing and everyone else has to wait till after the baby's born but like really choosing a lot of those options as far as those things and also choosing um like to prepare your body so that's extremely important and there's lots of vitamins and lots of like really really good like holistic medicine you can say that helps actually your body relax it helps your cervix open up it helps your hips yoga is one of them i already kind of touched on that Um, actually using a yoga ball is extremely important for helping a lot of that so doing the pre-prep actually going into labor to help your body have an easier labor a lot of those are choices that we have to make as women and some people are educated on it and some people aren't and the ones that are typically have better births and um, better situations with all of that, so. I definitely want to underscore that because I think, um, you know, I I think when you're not exposed to a lot of that in your life and then you hear those options, I think it's not as typical to to make those decisions to to do those things. And so I do want to highly encourage women to look into those options, to mm-hmm. take some um, yoga classes with someone who is trained, um, such as yourself, to uh, to be able to do that because that exercise, the breathing um, is so beneficial. And then it'll just kick in. It's kind of like, you know, when you practice basketball, when you practice any sport, like, you yes. know, the muscle memory, like you. you yeah, well, it definitely it. It takes practice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. And, and one of the other things is really also if you're going to have an unmedicated birth is learning um, what so they call it hypnosis kind of Um, there's also what's called meditation so they use different terms for it but it's all basically encompassed in the same thing as to learning to control your breathing and your body in a moment of extreme pain and there's like one way that's really really great if you take a birthing classes that are more holistic or natural to help you have that natural birth they should tell you all of this but like you take an ice cube and you stick it in your hand and you hold it there for 30 seconds in your palm well usually that 30 seconds is going to hurt really bad (laughs) but when you actually take your mind and you hold that in your palm and you focus your mind on somewhere that you think is beautiful and you love or someone and you actually focus it on that type of thing for that period of time you can actually hold it for up to like two to three minutes and not even notice the coldness mm-hmm. now i know that sounds weird um but i would challenge everyone to kind of look into that you can google it and there's many different forms of it out there but it really really helps because then you get yourself in that mindset of 
okay, like I can handle this pain because typically most contractions, the longest will last for about two to two and a half minutes. So if you can actually calm your nerves, because that's really what it is, the nervous mm-hmm. system down by breathing. So again, this is why yoga is beneficial because mm-hmm. a little you know, throw it in there again, but it really hacks the nervous system by helping you be able to calm the body down with the breath. And that's where it, it's so integral. And so many women have learned to do it and had grand success. That is amazing. That is a fabulous tip. That is an awesome way to end this segment. And we are going to come back and go into the C-section. So that covered all of the natural birth process. But what if you don't have that natural birth process? You have a C-section. What are our options there? So we are going to dive into all of that. So you are listening to Moms for Wellness on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or anywhere you get your podcasts. And I'm with Sarah Greer and we will be right back. Okay, mamas, welcome back as we continue our conversation with Sarah Greer, who is a yoga instructor with pre and postnatal certifications. So we just discussed a myriad of decisions moms are faced with when it comes to giving birth. So now let's turn our attention to a C-section, now also known as a cesarean section, so we call it C-section for short. So. I know there are all sorts of opinions and thoughts across the board, and I know when I was pregnant, I remember thinking, how fabulous, I can schedule exactly when my baby will be born, sign me up. (laughs) I don't remember having like this healthy fear of it at all, and I really don't. I, I, I just didn't know a whole lot about it. and But I know a lot of women now who have had C-sections and like the natural birth process, there are many decisions to be made in a C-section as well, or at least there can be when it's not an emergency. So let's look into that. Let's start with what happens in a C-section and when it doesn't, what it, In a C-section is different than having the natural birth process, meaning the baby goes through the birth canal. So what are some of the benefits that you mentioned some of those in in the beginning of this segment? And I know there's a few more that we can talk about, just the the benefits of that, the the baby going through the birth canal versus having a C-section. Yeah, I mean, the real thing is that what they're finding out is that just the more interventions that we have, the more our bodies don't really process it correctly. So there's also a huge mental component to this, um, that when your body actually doesn't experience labor, um, that's the reason that breast milk has a hard time coming in because mentally, like your body's all interconnected, right? So when it knows it's pregnant and it knows that it's got to prepare for this event of delivering this baby into the world, but then we kind of have this intervention, whether that's getting induced, whether that's getting an epidural, like all these other things that kind of prohibit the body from doing it naturally. Now, just a preface before I continue that a lot of these things were invented and they're there for our benefits. So if you reach a point in your labor where I know there's been some women that have labored for really, really long and their baby is just too big to actually fit through their cervix and through their hip wall because they're they have some big babies or they're married to bigger men you know just there's lots of options out there you know like we don't want to judge anyone based upon the kind of birth that they have to have or that they end up having so if you have had an epidural or if you have had any of these other things we're not condemning those we're just explaining why 
if you can choose as much as possible to go as unmedicated as possible, it's actually so much more beneficial for your body and for the babies. So for your body, like I said, a lot of it has to do with the fact that your body doesn't experience the birthing process. So then it has a hard time actually being like, oh wait, the baby's out of us now. Like, because in our society, we don't really like births to last for like two days, you know, which they can, um, you know, like most doctors, they want to come in, they want to birth the baby. They want to like get back out. They don't want it to be like a really long process. And that's a lot of times when we see these interventions come in with healthy women that don't have any, you know, other things going on that they might need these interventions. It's oftentimes prescribed when they're already in labor and they're exhausted because they've been in labor for say maybe 24 hours. And it's like, hey, we're kind of like rushed for time now because we need you out of here hmm. so we can like have someone else come in. That's really what I'm talking about because that happens a lot. And if you're not aware of it, you're not aware of the fact that like during this whole birthing process, they mean well, but they're also on like a time clock, so to speak. And they're big on kind of getting these people moving. So that's why oftentimes we'll be like, well, we think, you know, we need to induce you or we think that we need, you know, you're like, you're not dilating fast enough. So there's a lot of pressures put on the mom to feel like your body's not doing what it's supposed to, which when we get under that type of pressure and stress, of course our body's not gonna do what it's supposed mm -hmm. to because now it's like stunted. So th there's just, when you kind of start with one intervention as far as like say, you haven't prepared your body and your mind really well for labor. And so then it's like overly painful. And just for the record, like I haven't had Pitocin, but everyone that I know of that has and everyone that's really researched it. So if you have gotten induced, the labor is way more painful than natural labor. I've had it three times. Exactly. I always said I wish I didn't have it one of these times so I can compare because I always heard that. And yeah. I was like, I would love to know what a birth without Pitocin would feel like. So right. exactly. So and that you're yeah, just to echo yeah, to echo what you said, absolutely. That's why I think this conversation is so important because there are options and we do have a say in just understanding why certain decisions are made and how much you have a say in it. And if you want to do a certain thing that you have options. Right, right. And if, I mean, if it's something that you're completely comfortable with and you'd rather not mm -hmm. experience it or anything, you know, but I do feel like that's the reason we've seen such a huge rise because there's such lack of education because there's kind of a lot of fear put around birth now. We kind of act like women's bodies aren't made to do it. We also act like women weren't made to breastfeed. So there's just a lot of like these misconceptions that are sort of like just encapsulated in society. And we don't talk about the fact that, okay, like yeah. women for thousands of years have been giving birth. Like that is the mm -hmm. human race, right? And they've all, How we got here. them were breastfed. Like the, the, the invention of, of bottle feeding was not always there. So, I mean, you know, I'm thankful they have those options, obviously, but the same point in time, like for centuries, people have been being breastfed. So women's bodies know how to do this. So why is it now we're seeing such a rise in women having such a hard time doing what for millennia people have been having no problems with, you know? Right. So, um, and we've obviously, you know, the reason that we kind of have taken birth to where it is because we want to make sure that the death rate, you know, is mm -hmm. drastically dropped. And obviously we have seen that that has happened, Sure. but it's also risen in a lot of ways from a lot of the complications that they're actually adding into a lot of women. So we're actually seeing that a lot of these stats lately have actually been going up 
rather than down because of the fact that women are under so much stress, they're under, they're bleeding out, they're actually hemorrhaging, like they're having a lot of other problems that wouldn't necessarily happen if a lot of these interventions weren't mm -hmm. brought, in, brought in. So, right, yeah. So we definitely yeah. want to just make sure that like, again, when you're making the choice, just educate yourself. And again, if you're more comfortable with being medicated, totally fine. But you'll also know kind of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And also exactly. you'll understand kind of the cause and effect. And that's all I'm talking about is really the cause and effect of a lot of these things. So for mom, I mean, that's why it's incredibly beneficial if a woman can labor as long as possible without taking an epidural or having any of those pain meds, you know, like to really the more natural your body is, the more it should be able to do it. Um, there's also kind of a huge craze with like really, really heavy working out. I'm just going to really lightly touch on that topic because, you know, I love working out, yes. but we're also seeing a lot of women that are really, really fit actually having a really hard time delivering the baby. So just like, and I talked a lot about exercising during pregnancy and we do want to do that, but we also want to be mindful that if we're doing a lot of really heavy lifting with those muscles that are supposed to be opening up to release the baby, those said muscles will not be opening as easily. And yeah, that's a that, fascinating uh, yes. observation. Well, it causes a lot of problems. So mm -hmm. we definitely want to be exercising, but we also want to be doing things that are mindful of the fact that we're not building those tendons and muscles and everything around that area to the point where it's closing on us and will not open rather than the opposite. Because the whole point is we're, we're built to to open up, to give way for that baby, right. you know, and if we're building all those muscles and all, and all of that tissue down there so tightly, and we're, we're so fit during pregnancy that, that, that I've seen a lot of women have issues in labor and heard a lot of stories now where they weren't able to actually give birth. And my midwife really, like, she really spoke to me about this because she knew how much I loved exercising. And so I researched it to death kind of, because I was kind of like, well, why? I want to make sure I can have this baby. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. So then, so C-section. So I think so many times when we hear that, when it comes to that, we don't think that there's any options in that. And obviously, if it's an emergency C-section, there really aren't any, I would right. imagine, or it would be very limited, mm -hmm. hence the emergency part. But if it is a scheduled C-section, for whatever reason, there's a huge host of a variety of things that you may need to have a scheduled C-section. Mm -hmm. um, are there options that you as a mom can choose to um, have in that C-section? Absolutely. So that's one of the things that, as you know, wanting to have my natural birth at home. Mm -hmm. And um, my little lady decided that she just wanted to be breech. So she tried flipping three times and um, didn't stay. So she flipped and then we went in and had a version. And that's kind of where everything, again, when you kind of like have one intervention, it sort of leads you down this road um, of needing to have a complete intervention. So it was one of those things where I kind of at that point um, at, you know, it was 37 weeks, um, you know, knowing that if she hadn't flipped by then, I was going to have to probably have a scheduled C-section. Um, Another thing that's really good to research is the birthing laws of your state. I will throw that in there because the state that I lived in at the time was not um, compatible with me giving birth, trying to even natural if I wanted to um, vaginally. And they, there are no doctors trained for it pretty much nowadays, but you know, women have been birthing 
babies <laughs> that are breached for a long time. Um, and so I did want to actually try and I did want to have it. I was then deciding to try to have her in a hospital with, you know, a doctor. But the problem is that there wasn't any trained doctors and my state actually makes it pretty much illegal to birth a baby at home with a midwife if you um, are breached. So my midwife- That's fascinating. Yes, was highly trained and actually could have assisted me, but she would have lost her license for doing it. So it was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So mm-hmm. I really, that's one thing I didn't know about. And so I really want yeah. women to stay educated on the fact that you should look up your birthing laws for your state and see if there's something that you agree with, because we should have a right to kind of have, mm-hmm. I think we should have a right to have our babies however we choose, as long as they're not putting our baby in risk, at risk, right? So if the person that's, that's delivering with you is highly trained, um, and if the person that's giving birth wants to try it, even though it was my first baby, um, I definitely would have preferred having her at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so long story short, the laws kind of prohibited it. So the only option for me really was a C-section. Um, I didn't have any other options unless it was traveling to another state, which at that pregnant <laughs> You're kind of like not going anywhere. Not usually an option. So it's good right. to check those out early on. Yes. So then in the C-section, what are some options that you do have say over? Well, I, like, again, I researched this all to death. So, I mean, I taught quite a few doulas and also my midwives who were great at giving me a ton of information. You can Google a lot of the words and terms I'll be using to actually help you understand these better because I won't have enough time to go into depth with each one. Mm-hmm. But um, so talking about the baby's microbiome and the baby passing through the vaginal canal actually and why it's so beneficial. So to replicate that, um, there is a term what's called a gentle cesarean, which if you Google it, it's more done in Europe. Um, and that's kind of a whole big process that I won't go into. But one of the things they really have found beneficial is for a woman to do what's called vaginal seeding. Um, so it, essentially you take a very lightly moist gauze and you put it up you and you leave it in there for about an hour. So essentially you're taking all of your good, like, but all of your, all of your good, um, the microbiome helps that the baby mm-hmm. would be getting passing through that. And then you're going to take that and actually wipe the whole baby down with it once the baby is born. And that I, I find is such a fascinating, I had never even heard of that before that you talked about that. So I think that's really, really fascinating. And especially given as many episodes as I have done on this show on the microbiome, the gut microbiome, the soil mm-hmm. microbiome, the connection between all that and, and the impact that it has on our health. I find that that is absolutely fascinating that we get that start in the birth process and then we are skirting that in a c-section but there is a way to be able to give that back to the baby that was amazing yeah i mean like i said i had a lot of concerns and i was in kind of like full panic mode as far as like how do i help this be better and thankfully like you know i had these really holistic women around me who were like okay like tell us your biggest concerns and we'll help you overcome them and then find a hospital that will allow you to kind of do it. So um, I, you know, the hospital I birthed at, I walked in there with a three page plan. So I do tell people like, like if you're going to go to a hospital, you can have a birth plan. And so you can research these natural things. And even if you birth at the hospital, you can still walk in and be like, Hey, how can you work with me on this? And really that's what I would say. Don't come at them. Like I want this, but come at it very much. Like, this is what my goal was. How can you help me have the best birth experience if I have to do it this way? And uh, you know, how will you let me? So 
they would not, which, you know, most ORs in um, apparently England and, you know, France and a lot of the places in Europe allow this and they actually do it for you. Um, in America, it's not pretty well practiced. So yes, it is a bit odd for many people yeah. when you talk about it. But the link, as you know, between the microbiome health and really a lot of that starts with the baby in the womb. So a lot of mom's microbiome really gets passed to the baby, but a lot of that comes through the birth canal. So um, I did vaginal seating and yes, you wipe the baby down everywhere. We're talking the face, genitals, like everything with this. Um, that's one way that you can actually help the baby get the good microbiome health. Mm. Um, from that, you can't really help anything very much when it comes to like the pressure of the head or anything mm. like that. Um, I will recommend that post um, once, once your baby's born and you had a C-section, I would definitely recommend sacral cranial therapy, um, for that baby. What as you is need. that? So the sacral cranial system, um, is like the, is a, is a nervous system that runs through our body and, um, a therapist is trained to work with especially babies, um, for this. So it, it, again, the cranial system, it comes from the back of the head and it runs down through the lower part of the, the spine. And it really links to the bottom of your toes. So it literally goes from head to toe. Hmm. And if a baby is not passed through the birth canal, typically they can have tightness from being in the womb and depending on how they're positioned. So like my daughter was favoring the right side. So she was tighter through the whole right side. And again, it's dealing with the soft tissue, the fascia, um, which we address a lot in yoga. Mm -hmm. But um, it's definitely something that for head shape, especially too, she kind of had a head shape that's very typical for babies that are born through a cesarean because of how fast they're kind of removed. Baby skulls are very soft, purposely fit through the canal, but coming right. through the birth canal, it helps press all of that together. And really that's where it finds its form. So without having that, um, you know, you definitely wanted to have them go through that therapy because it helps shape, reshape the head and, and all of that. So, you know, tummy time, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just a, you know, one of the things I asked for. So I also asked typically in a cesarean, they tie you down. Um, I requested that they don't tie me down. <laughs> um, I also and requested. Why do they tie you down? Well, they tie you down because I guess some women, even though you do have, um, which you can choose kind of what you want. I chose um, a spinal. So, because that is definitely something that you have to look into, but like a spinal is typically, it's going to go through your, your body faster. So that's the reason I chose that. Um, and having to have like, again, a cesarean, you know, taking care of mom's microbiome is extremely important. So they do give you a lot of antibiotics when you have a major surgery, which just to emphasize a cesarean is a major surgery. So they're cutting through six layers of your body, six layers, and it's not to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. It should definitely be something that people research. And I feel like there's just way too many that are being like, hey, let's have a cesarean. Like it's like no big deal. Right. And they're ending up with a lot of issues after because they're cutting through all your major abdominal muscles. They're cutting through um, your lymphatic system. I mean, they're cutting through so much in order to do what we're kind of acting like is no big deal. Like, oh, I had a cesarean. And it's like, right. okay, you said major surgery. So really, you know, take that into consideration and rebuild mom's gut health as well. Postpartum, that's very important to do all of the good microbiome health things that we can do. Um, but in the operating room, I also asked if we could play music and have dinner. Uh. 
So they did let me do both of those. Um, I asked my, for my husband to be present at all times. Um, I also asked to, which they have actually special little shirts that you can get, um, that you can do skin on skin with the baby. It's like a tube top right away. So that was one thing I asked. Um, because that will actually help your body to bypass again, the issue that you didn't experience birth. So I was very nervous mm -hmm. at not having my milk come in, even though my hormones and everything were right through my whole pregnancy. Um, I really wanted to be able to breastfeed and they said yes. So they allowed, as soon as she came out, they quickly did like, it was like a, literally, I think about a minute check and they put her right on me. Um, and so amazing. we were yes, able to do skin on skin. I couldn't, I couldn't buy the special shirt. It wouldn't come in time, but yeah. you can research those. They're really cool. And I wanted one. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, you can do skin and skin and they let me do that in the OR with her for about 20 minutes before they removed her um, for just yeah. a few minutes. And they, my husband, I asked to be accompanied with her at all times. Um, just because, you know, again, there's a few things that they do that I didn't want done. So for instance, you don't want um, the, um, I'm going to forget the name of it, but the white stuff that the baby's coated in, um, Vernix, I believe it's called. I think it's Vernix. Um, yeah, I think it's Vernix. But that that's extremely good for the baby and actually helps them protect their skin. It helps them bypass getting dry skin, like all that stuff. So I actually did not want them removing any of that from the baby. Typically, they take the baby and wash them. That was another thing I requested. They do not mm. wash the baby um, wow. because we also wanted to be able to swap her down. So once I was removed from the OR and brought into the recovery room, I then swabbed her down with um, what I had done the vaginal seating with, which they let me do in the room um, previously. And then I put it in a bag and thankfully I had a great nurse who accompanied awesome. me. That makes and all so the difference. Me, yeah. So she just gave me the bag. Um, and then I, I swabbed the baby down myself um, once she was in my arms. But there was really only about probably five or seven minutes that we were apart during the birth process. That was very important. Um, my One of the things I also asked was that I wanted to, in England, you are technically allowed to watch if you want to, the baby being birthed, um, because I wanted that experience wow. of watching. Um, and... They, of course, were like, well, we don't do that here, so you're blind <laughs> blue in. Um, but they did allow my husband to Can't actually... get everything you ask for, but it doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, again, it's knowing some of these things of the big things. So, um, you know, letting, they let my husband record once they kind of had pulled her out, like, uh, immediately. So I have that, you know, just to be able That's to amazing. watch and, um, you know, definitely get to see, like, her what so that I could somewhat experience it as much as I could so um you know like a couple of those things I would probably say like skin to skin being one of the biggest um like asking them not to like I said you know tie you down so that I could hold my baby that was very important they were like mm -hmm. just as long as you don't reach beyond the curtain so I guess mm -hmm. they've had some people reach beyond the curtain right. Yeah, safety yeah. issue. Yeah. Right. And so I definitely was like, why would I want to do that? I don't want to. So no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Thank you for sharing all of those things. And I really hope that this has been empowering for moms to be able to listen and hear these things because I certainly have learned a ton. I had no idea that we could ask for 
things and specific things. And some of those things I didn't even know to even think about asking for them right. and, and the benefits of them. So this has been extremely eye-opening, very educating, and I just hope really, really empowering to other moms to be able to, to help one another be like, hey, there are options no matter where you are along this path that can give your child the best benefit possible. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Oh my goodness. I cannot even believe our time is up. That flew by so fast, but I'm glad we still have several more episodes together that we can cover even more things. And especially you mentioned recovery and we will definitely be talking about recovery from a C-section because it is unique and different from recovery from the natural birth process, mm -hmm. uh, the going through the birth canal, let's you know, clarify um, as well. So we will definitely be talking about that in the next episode. But Sarah, how can people get in touch with you and find out more about you? Well, I'm, uh, I have a website. So my website is um, unityofhealth.com and they can reach out there. I do have a whole way that they can email me and ask me questions off my website. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. Um, there it is, instagram.com, unityofhealth. And um, that's a great way of getting in touch. I'm on there a lot, um, a lot of my stories and things. If you would like more information on like my full plan, because there was a lot that I couldn't even cover in this time, I'd be more than happy to share, um, you know, what I asked for and why um, in more depth with anyone if they're really interested in kind of just taking a look at that, that birth plan that I created, because it took me a, a while. So I'm more than happy yes. to share with anyone that's interested. So Oh, that is super generous of you. Thank you so much. And we will definitely put a link for those things that's up on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. And we'll definitely put a link in the show notes in the podcast as well. So thank you, Sarah Greer, for being my guest today. Thank you so much. It has been so amazing, so helpful. And we will see you next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining me on the Moms for Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Moms for Wellness podcast and leave a five-star rating or review. It really is helpful and we would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.